We've got a couple of stools. One for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Hope it's comfy enough for him. We're going um, to kick off our, our time in communion, actually. Um, and what I love, I'm just looking through all the moments where Jesus um, led the disciples in communion, the very first thing that, he, um, that we see written in, in all of the accounts is that he began by giving thanks. The, the scripture tells us that he gave thanks and then he broke bread. And I'd be so curious to know the content of that thankfulness. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't hear what he gives thanks for, but we, we're just told that Jesus gives thanks. And, uh, you know, the setting is a dinner table. Um, they're reclining, they're comfortable, they're in a home. You know, Jesus has, uh, you know, he's at the end of his ministry life leading right up until, you know, this is moments, weeks, days before he goes to the cross. And he's having, sharing this meal and he's, he's giving thanks. I'm curious to know, you know, what he's giving thanks for. Um, we don't know, but um, we know that he gives thanks. And so uh, what I want us to do this morning is just um, call out some things that we are thankful for before we break bread. Uh, what is it that we're grateful for, uh, for who God is? Um, and then we're going to just, yeah, kick off have bread and juice and share in communion this morning. So feel free just to call it out. What are you, if we're going to give thanks this morning, what are you thankful for? Throw it out. Thankful for his word. Beautiful. His faithfulness. Yes. Your mum and your dad. And that wasn't an afterthought. Your mum and your dad. What are we thankful for? Let's give... Surfing, yeah, cool. Community, life, purpose, family, worship, pro presenter. <clears throat> on your Joshy, he's working, so he's problem solving up the back here. There's some issues going on this morning, but Josh is on the problem solving train this morning. Good on you, mate. I'm thankful for you. Uh, what else are we thankful for? Being loved, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Work of the Holy Spirit. We'd be stuffed without it, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. Forgiveness, yeah, beautiful. Well, let's, um, with all of that thankfulness, let's come and grab a, a bit of bread and a bit of juice and um, we're going to take communion together as a family. So grab it and take, come back to your seat and... We're going to do like the old school Baptist thing. Uh, and we'll drink and we'll eat together as a sign of unity, as a sign of togetherness, as a sign that we gather around Jesus, that we're at his table, that he's invited us to a meal this morning, that we literally get to digest the goodness of God. How good's that? We can inhale. inhale no, don't inhale. You might choke and die. Don't do that. But we can... Uh, so grab, grab a piece of bread and as we do it, you know, come with a grateful heart that we know that this bread rep is representative of Jesus, the bread of life, the one who gave his all for you and I, that he lived the life that you and I could not live. He was sinless. He lived a perfect life. That giving himself over to the Father's will that he would take our place, that his body would be broken, 
that his blood would be shed according to the scriptures. All that was prophesied about him came to pass. And we give thanks this morning, not just for death of Jesus, but we give thanks for resurrection also, that we are called to new life, um, that you and I, um, uh, we, are, we are welcomed into the presence of God now and for eternity because of what Jesus did on the cross for you and I. So let's take the bread and let's eat it together and be grateful for Jesus whose body was broken for you and I, that we would be made whole. We would take the cup and we realize anew this morning that Jesus gave his all for us, everything. He spared nothing, pouring everything out, literally his life for you and I. And his blood represents that for us, that he gave his lifeblood that we would come to life, that we would know life. And so, Lord, we thank you for the juice. We thank you for what it shows us, what it demonstrates to us. And we drink it together and we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Well, I'm going to kick us off this morning with some letters. This is really cool. I'm excited by this. You may have been around or you may not have been in the year 2018. Who, who remembers 2018? That's like ages ago. It's like, man, 2018, I can't remember how old I was then, five years ago. Yep, anyway. Um, we didn't even have our fourth kid by then. That's like, we've, that's a whole lot of life lived in the last five years. Um, and in 2018, um, we held a, a moment as a church community called a staycation, where previously we'd been doing church camps and whatnot every year, but this one particular year in 2018, um, we didn't go away, but we held a weekend here where we um, were looking forward as a church and we did a few activities. And I found one of them this week. And it picked my interest as we were cleaning out up, upstairs and it was in my, in my drawer. And I saw this, 2023 dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, that's not this year. Like, we didn't do this this year. What, like, what is this? Does anyone know, on our ministry team that we did this during the week, you know what this was from. But does anyone remember this piece of paper? No, good. <laughs> so in 2018, at our staycation, we did an activity where we wrote a letter to a fictitious person named Cynthia. And I'm not sure who Cynthia is or why we called her Cynthia. And it's actually irrelevant to the exercise. Uh, but we wrote a letter to Cynthia. And we framed this um, in that in 2018, we put ourselves forward in 2023, five years down the track. And we wrote to Cynthia to tell her of all of the things that God had done in this church community. We, we said this has been, you know, the next five years we imagine were the most fruitful, most amazing five years for us as a church community. And, we tell, and we're writing to Cynthia to tell her of all of the things. And so we've got about 30 of them, and I'm not reading 30 of them today, but over the next three weeks we're going to go through them all. And I want you to listen with a keen ear for two things. 
One, for what is it that we are walking in now as a church community that we believed God for five years ago? What is it that we can take encouragement out of that we had written down back then that now we can say, God, you have done this among us that will lead us to a place of gratitude. So be keenly aware for that. What is it that we're walking in now as a church that five years ago we were believing God would do? But also, at the same time, I want you to be thinking about what is it that yet we are still to see? What is it that we're still believing God will do in us and through us and among us? So holding those two things in tension. God, what are we thankful for that you have done over the last five years? And what is it that we're still laser ahead for us? And so are you all right if I read some letters to Cynthia? Because it's really encouraging. And your handwriting might have sucked back then, so I ask for your apologies if I, if I get it wrong. And they're all anonymous, I think. Um, so, dear Cynthia... Things changed in the structures and programs, and things changed in the people. I'm not sure what this one means. New pastors came (laughs) to complement those already here. Pastors that had gifting in small groups and teaching and worship. The people are feeling heard and loved. We also had had less meetings. Thank you, Jesus. Less meetings. And we went out into our community, especially Sundays, Did you know Cronulla Street is full? The kids are loving being led by passion-filled leaders. Gone are the days of parent helpers. (laughs) I don't know know about that one. Maybe. Um. Dear Cynthia, the past five years have been exotops. I don't even know what that means. Is that like young people language in 2018, exotops. I've never heard that saying in my life. That is the newest buzzword. There you go, I should have read ahead. As was sick in the early 2000s. (laughs) We have shaped a community of believers where all are welcome. Outsiders feel welcomed and don't feel like they have to change first to try and fit in. It's great being part of such a genuine and laid-back community Nothing is for show, and I'm always, uh, I'm always having great life-giving conversations with a wide variety of people. Hospitality is such a strong part of our service, and folks always hang around for morning tea and a chat. Our Saturday night services moved to weekly. Back we used to do a Saturday night church all those years ago. As our numbers grew toward 2019, this person didn't expect COVID was coming, and we've loved taking the family along. The community speaks so positively about us. It's due to our strong outward focus. Our ministries have grown in size due to those who put their hands up to help over the past few years. We have added new Christians to our services through community engagement, meeting the needs of our neighbours. Our community is invested, committed, and loyal folks regularly come beyond Sundays to worship and prayer nights, teaching series, and social events. We've been able to positively influence our community due to the links with many other community organizations. We have our, uh, we have. our congregation is also diverse in culture and giftings with a heart to bless others before self being at the heart of our culture. Our worship times are genuine and connect us to the Holy Spirit. We continue to have a worship team members willing to bless the church and lead them to the closeness of God. Love, Gerald. (laughs) 
Whoever Gerald was, we didn't have a Gerald, but someone was being cheeky. I mean, can you hear in that letter some things that we are walking in as a church? I can. Dear Cynthia, it's been five years since we last wrote and much has happened. In short, an adventure that could have only been accomplished through the faithfulness of the church and love of our great God. You may remember a church that struggled to find its feet in God's story and in many ways had lost, uh, I don't know what that word is, something in the community. I need an interpreter. But not now. What changed? An embracing of God's story as our story and a desire to see kingdom change in our community. It seemed mountains at mountains at first, but I can say wholeheartedly that I'm excited to be part of a group of people who truly desire to see the kingdom come through the heightened level of community, inclusivity and diversity in our church is awesome. This growth and commonality of purpose has seen us something into new and unexplored areas of ministry, whilst programs such as Platform 9, Jacaranda Cottage, Cambodia have gone from strength to strength. It seems now that no mountain is too tall or too far away. It's contagious, Cynthia. Dear Cynthia, <laughs> who is Cynthia? Maybe there's Cynthia out there somewhere and she's just loving having these letters read to her. It is five years since I last wrote to you. I apologize for that. I hope that you are well and growing in your love for God. It sounds like an epistle written in the New Testament. So much has been happening for me and the church at Kingsway. Despite my ever-increasing age, <laughs> I have been able to serve on the worship team at church. A team of 50 musicians, singers who are united in their desire to engage the congregation in powerful worship sessions where lives are changed and healing and deliverance are an everyday outcome. Praise be to God. Through the generous provision of the Lord, our Platform 9 project now has its own permanent premises in the Shire and is seen as best practice in the area of emergency housing and successful rehousing for needy families. Are you kidding? This is like... We're walking in that. Like, this is incredible. The local paper has reported on it as what churches should be doing. How good. And many local churches have come on board to support its work. No one thought that greater unity between the local churches would be a byproduct of this work when it began some eight or so years ago. There is new hope for the parents of an ever-increasing children's group who are fast approaching their teenage years and have a vibrant and active youth program to graduate into where five years ago this was a real area of lack and concern for us all. Though we are all five years older, and yes we are, there has been an ex exponential growth in encounters with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. And Christian maturity, many of those who are partners here at Kingsway, God is good, all praise to Him. What a beautiful letter to Cynthia. We've got four to go. Are you enjoying this? Yeah. I'm enjoying it. Even if you're not, I'm just here for my own. <clears throat> Dear Cynthia, church is so good. 
We are growing in number and in maturity. Our teaching is clear, biblical, inspiring, relevant to visitors, also mature, also mature Christians. We are well rounded by this teaching. Every generation is represented and something volunteers, I'm just going to call them amazing, it doesn't say that but I can't read what the word is, amazing volunteers lead great ministries that connect and inspire the generations below them. We have a regular outreach activities where church members bring their friends and visitors along, learn and challenge and literally accept Jesus. We have strategic discipleship where all members, new and old, are connected with mature leaders who keep people socially connected and spiritually accountable. We are known and respected in the community as an inspiring and challenging church who loves those around us and makes an effort to engage practically and spiritually. It feels inspiring, energizing, vibrant and exciting. That's hope-filled. Dear Cynthia, well, here it is, 2023. Who would have thought I would have made it this far? (laughs) This person might have been in a bit of a bad state at that point. Or for that matter, the church. (laughs) Wow. I can remember five years ago sharing in a place called Staycation and being asked to choose a symbolic card to reflect how I saw the church in five years. Well... I chose a telescope because I hoped it would be a church that was always looking forward, always looking to the future to see what the possibilities could be. We have achieved that goal. I look around and see different people, so we must be attracting new people. But have we lost people? I'm not sure. I've seen new ventures started that have arisen from discussions five years ago and seen people outside the church touched by people's love. I'm hoping people in the community are saying we are a group of people who are different and asking why. Beautiful. It feels good to be part of a movement that's changing people's lives. I hope I'm around longer to see the bigger and better things that are yet to happen. Yours, Sebastian. Dear Cynthia, I can't believe how fruitful the last five years have been. Where do I start? Well, things have certainly turned around in a major way. Jesus has been exalted and uplifted in such a way that we have experienced him as the bread of life. He is our everything, our strength, for all nothing is done without him. For he sustains everything we have done in the last five years. When Jesus said, My food is to do the will of the Father. I can say without hesitation that this has been the heart of Kingsway. Jesus, the bread of life. We have brought literally thousands to feed upon the bread of life that Kingsway seems to have a life of its own. By that I mean the Holy Spirit is in control and the leaders take direction from the Spirit, leading and sharing this with us and then literally feeling compelled to go. This has brought so many people into God's kingdom and raising up more disciples that go and do the same. I can't wait to write you again about the next five years. It will be above and beyond. Dear Cynthia, 
Wow, you would not believe how much our church has grown. And I don't mean in number. We have become a people on fire for God. Each member of the body, our church, operating in their gifting. People are getting healed and set free, delivered from oppression. In unity, we meet together both in and out of the church, just doing life together, sharing Jesus with those who cross our paths, feeding the hungry, taking care of the orphans and widows, housing the homeless. We worship with abandoned hearts. Agenda takes second place to the Holy Spirit. There is such hunger as we lean in, press in, go deeper, bring God glory. People actually seek us now and find what we carry. We are without fear, completely submerged in the Word, the Spirit and love of the Father in the name of Jesus. Oh, sorry, the name of Jesus never parts from our lips and hearts There is a place for everyone. No one gets left behind. We see things as Jesus sees them, and we do what he does. Miracles, signs, and wonders, which used to seem so strange, are commonplace. We are known as a place of healing and refuge, a place of home. Beautiful. Last one. Dear Cynthia, I want to share with you a little of the joy I found as a member of my faith community called Kingsway. We have grown over the past five years in so many ways. We're spiritually connected to the Lord through regular prayer and worship where so many committed members attend. Great teaching both in Sunday services and in life groups during the week. We have new families connecting in every week and people are using their gifts to serve the church and the greater community. So much connection in serving together. People feel a great sense of belonging to something greater, a common cause, and are excited to invite others into our meeting space. We continue to serve the community through our projects, teaching, and helping the homeless find connection and a more permanent home, feeding the op shop crew, and connecting people into family through these connections. Great growth in youth who are strong and focused. Yeah, boy! and knowing and loving their faith and sharing with their friends. How good. How good. There's so much in there that speaks to what we have been walking through and in and that we are now realizing as a community of faith to be deeply encouraged by. And there's still much more for us to come. And so in two weeks' time at our Car Park Church, we're going to write to Cynthia again for the year 2028. And we're going to tell her of everything that has happened in the next five years, and I'm looking forward to that. But for now, what we're going to do, we're going to, um, I want us to look, for, uh, look back over our year. And perhaps you've got a testimony to share of God's goodness, whether it's been something part of our community here, whether it's been something that you've experienced God of um, out um, in your workplace, at school, wherever you find yourself, and give testimony to God's goodness, God's faithfulness. And um, I want us to be grateful, to share... Um, come with a grateful heart this morning for what God has done in you, in us um, this year. So we're going to give about 15 minutes um, or so to this before we uh, break for going to have morning tea and all the, all the rest of it. So um, if you've got a, a, Tom, that's a hand, come on up. Um, got a story to tell and let's, let's just have our faith built this morning by testimony. Perhaps you want to reflect even on something that you heard read to Cynthia, we wrote to Cynthia um, yeah, let's just bring our stories this morning. Thanks, Dave. Pardon. I might address my comments to Cynthia. Is that all right? Oh, okay, so, dear Cynthia, 
Um, my name is, uh, is Tom. We haven't met before, uh, but Lorraine, my wife, who's over there, and I have been coming to uh, Kingsway since, um, ooh, I think 2021, uh, maybe 2020, during lockdown initially and then in person, and uh, uh, we've been having a, a really blessed time, and a lot of what uh, the letters to you have foretold we've experienced, and we praise God for that. Um, Cynthia, I've had an amazing year uh, this year. Um, uh, late last year, I, I finished my chaplaincy uh, studies, and I was struck by the fact that, you know, learning chaplaincy out of a book and from a lecture isn't quite the same as actually doing it. Um, so, um, in May, I took a week's leave from my job, and um, I went up to Lismore, um, where a mate of mine, uh, Ian Phillips, um, uh, is the chaplain at a soup kitchen and at a food pantry. And I said to Ian, mate, I just want to follow you around for a week and just immerse myself in what chaplaincy is like. And, uh, Cynthia um, Lismore has had a really, really tough time over the last couple of years. Um, uh, it has been devastated by floods and then devastated again, and it is on the start of a long journey to recovery. Um, Christians have been so active in helping the people of Lismore recover. I spent um, the mornings uh, of my week there at what's called the, the Lismore Soup Kitchen. And it's this old pub on the outskirts of Lismore that accommodates 17 homeless men permanently and then has a soup kitchen which every single day of the week, Monday to Friday, no, it's actually well, seven days a week, provides uh, meals for, on average, 60 people. And it acts as a beacon for people from all over Lismore and the region who need a feed, who need company, who need somebody who, who need to be a part of a community. And um, uh, the Lismore Soup Kitchen isn't a church as such, but it's run by Christians, and, and the love of God is present wherever you go. And it, it, it attracts needy people and, and, and volunteers from all over the place. Um, and talk about being thrust into an uncomfortable place for me, a um, soup kitchen and homeless people and uh, all the colourful types of the far northern uh, uh, regions of New South Wales all congregate there. And it is this beautiful space of community where God's love is felt. And it was powerful and it was moving and I met some, met some incredible characters there. And then typically in the afternoon, I'd go over to um, uh, the community food pantry uh, that they have in Lisbon. And that was another amazing uh, experience um, uh, because uh, people struggle to put food on the table. And here was a bunch of Christians responding to that by establishing a community food pantry where um, food and groceries are made available either at no cost 
or at a heavily, heavily subsidized uh, uh, cost. Um, and what struck me about the, um, the food pantry was the sense of community that was there. Again, just like in the soup kitchen, the, the sense of community that is created by um, people in need and people who want to meet that need in God's name and the relationships that were formed and the opportunities that were provided to minister to physical needs and emotional needs and spiritual needs was just so exciting, so encouraging. Some of the conversations I had, can I just give one? I was talking um, to this older woman, um, her name was, was Narelle, and we were just stacking shelves. We were just sort of, you know, putting food on shelves and uh, Narelle started to tell me her story after a little while when she got comfortable with who I was and, um, and where I was from. And, uh, and Narelle just had this incredibly difficult life of adversity, starting as a child and experiencing violence and abuse and being kicked out of home and, and moving and eventually coming up to the North Coast and and, and um, being there for years and finally being given housing commission accommodation, which was then destroyed in the flood. Uh, so she was living in this temporary accommodation, waiting for housing commission to, to find her somewhere to, to live. Um, and Narelle, despite this incredible adversity in her whole life, spends four days a week at the pantry stacking groceries. If anybody was entitled to feel entirely angry with life, it was Narelle. No. No, it gave her a sense of purpose and meaning. Yet she loved the creation of the community around the, um, the, uh, the food pantry. Um, it was a very confronting and challenging and exciting experience. Um, and by, I think it was Tuesday, I was ready to ring Lorraine and say, we're selling up. <laughs> we're going to come up here and we're going to sort of work in these ministries and uh, it'll be so exciting. Um, by Thursday, I have to say to you, Cynthia, um, God had sort of said, hang on a sec, I think there's other opportunities here and perhaps I haven't invested... Uh, uh, in you so that you would just do that. Um, and God has put this, this burden on my heart and uh, has, well, it, 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 I, I feel like, you know, the, the disciples on the road to Emmaus, you know, where they were saying, did, did not our hearts burn? Do you remember that? One of the most powerful lines, verses in the Bible. Um, I feel like God's lit this fire in my heart um, about food pantries, about community food pantries, and about how you can create incredible ministry opportunities and create a, a community between church folk and volunteers and people who are in need. And, 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 and Cynthia, if I were writing to you today with this fire that's burning in my heart, I'd, I'd, I'd be saying to you, look, in five years' time, after we've set the, 
uh, set up the food pantry and it's going to be over there in the cafe area and uh, we're going to start it just a couple of days a week and then we're going to go full time and, and every day of the week we're going to have people coming and going and uh, people who've never set foot in a church building, people who can't imagine that an industrial space like this would be a place where, peop- where God's people meet. Um, and, and we're going to have this community that's created by God's people here in, uh, who go to church and the volunteers who we draw in to work at the food pantry because we're going to need a lot of volunteers. And then the people who come and we're going to form this community and they're going to be comfortable here. They're going to be loved. We're going to meet their physical needs and emotional needs. And you know what? Cynthia, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're going to meet their spiritual needs and we're going to bring them to Jesus. And all of this, Cynthia, as a result of this week in Lismore. And I'm thankful. But more than thankful, Cynthia, uh, my heart is burning. And uh, as this evolves... Cynthia, I'm going to need lots of volunteers uh, (laughs) to make this uh, possible. So, Cynthia, it's been a fabulous year. I'm so thankful to God, and I'm so excited about what lays uh, ahead. Uh, Praise God. Thanks, Dave. Beautiful. How great. I think that speaks so clearly to what we've, we've heard through, you know, these letters that we had written five years ago in terms of the deep heart for hospitality that we have as a church. You know, being a place that is uh, a place that is uh, predicated on God's invitation and commissioning for us to go and to be a light, uh, to be salt and light in the community, um, and to use our gifts of, of hospitality to be able to bless the community. And so, there's no reason that that doesn't need to be just a fictitious letter to Cynthia um, off in the distance, but um, is a real desire and burning passion that, that I know I've been in conversation with Tom around this and perhaps there's something in that that stirs in you this idea of what we could be doing as a community by way of a food pantry to reach the needs of our community however that looks you know there could be a a, a form that we don't even know exists yet on how we could do that Um, but I invite you have a conversation with Tom um, because that could be a real a real um, mission opportunity for us as a church, it doesn't need to just be dear Cynthia, it could be, hey guys, we're doing this. And I love how you just recruited volunteers via a letter to Cynthia out there, uh, and we're all, all on board. Oh, good. Um, someone else, want to, yeah, Jeff. Yeah, I think the, the word community just keeps coming up, and, uh, and that's not coincidence, that's who we are. And I, um, uh, podcast I listened to back in February had these words, and I've shared it a few times, and I'll say them, I'll repeat it at the end. Belonging comes before believing, believing comes before behaviour. And um, I think even in what you just shared, Tom, the soup kitchen is about making feel there's a, a community that people can belong to. And I guess from my position of privilege and luxury and everything that I have in my life, I've found that really has helped me to just say, hang on, so am I looking for the people who are like me and who meet, you know, my standards and my privilege or whatever? Or am I looking for, for people and how I can uh, find other people in the church and outside the church to, to belong with, to, to share community with? 
and I need to like, reframe, and that's helped me this year, and I've shared it in um, some of the car park churches, um, but it's helped me to reframe my thinking that my number one step is to join with others in community. Jesus didn't say, hey, guys, um, look, the way you're fishing and stuff like that, look, you're, really, you're not doing it right. You need to change your behaviours. I know the language of fishermen. You, you better get that sorted. Then maybe, maybe you might get to believe who I am and, and then you can follow me. He said, follow me. He didn't put the conditions on. He said, come into my community. Um, from that community, you'll get to know me and you'll get to, to love and engage with me and believe me. And the last thing that comes from that is your behaviours will become more Christ-like. Not, I'll love you once you're Christ-like. But, and so that's been exciting for me to just in community, like in this community and in other communities, connections, guys I've been surfing with and stuff, of just to see how can I value them in community and then see what does God do with that and how does he bring that to believing. And, and it's been exciting to share that a couple of times in, in the uh, Car Park Church that as an encouragement that that's how God planned it and that's how he blesses it. And I think, yeah, it's, I mean, what you're talking about is exciting because it's just another part of all the things that... Um, we were celebrating of how this church is one that is, is reaching the community and it's not just um, people like me, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Great, thank you so much, Jeff. I think it just, that speaks so, so clearly to our way of being in that um, we don't try and manufacture anything here. We, we place our trust entirely in the work of the Holy Spirit to bring about transformation in people's lives. Our job is to create an atmosphere where we lead people to Jesus and he does his work. Um, and that is true of what, who we are, and we've seen that, and we will continue to see that, that we as a church create a place of belonging for people to encounter and meet with the Holy Spirit, who then goes about His work of transformation through His power and what He's achieving in people's lives through His Word. Powerful stuff. Great. Other testimonies? Let's, let's hear some, some more. Young people? Yes, Mings. Let's... Howdy. Um, I have some good news for you all. Um, who likes free stuff? Yes. Who likes Christmas? Yes. I have an idea for you. If you're running out of ideas for what to get people for Christmas, check out the tables out there. There's a bunch of free stuff that you can use for Christmas. Um, Did Ruth put you up to that? No. no. <laughs> um, but there you go. Um, do that. Have a, have a squeeze. Um, this week at Youth... <laughs> We had a look at, um, we had a chat about some truths that changed us, uh, the leaders. Um, and I just wanted to share that truth with you guys because I think it's really important. Um, as you said, like, I'm super grateful for the word of God and the truth that comes from that. And, yeah. So um, this year, Jen, you shared about, like, um, the story of how um, Peter's, like, Peter's walking on water and then he starts doubting God, uh, Jesus, and starts to drown and all that. And you said something really powerful in that God is good even if Peter drowns. And I was like, oh, that's the truth right there. And so I kind of wrote um, a bit of something um, talking about how God is good despite the situation. 
I'm going to read it to y'all. <laughs> so God is good um, despite the situation. God is good even if I'm angry. God is good even when my opinion tells him he isn't. God is good even if David got squished by Goliath. God is good if the world turns to dust. God is good when we're happy. God is good when we feel like we can't talk to him. God is good when we're bored. God is good when we're scared and hiding. God is good when we give up on him. God is good when we're having a sook and doing the everything's against me kind of thing. And God is good when you think that everything is against you. God is good when we sin. God is good when we praise him. God is good when we have nerf wars and get shot in the bum. God is good when we surf and we can't catch a wave. God is good when we're driving and someone cuts you off. Yep. Yes. God is good when you're playing your sport and you're playing the worst you've ever played. God is good when we forget to read the Bible. God is good when we listen to um, rap or other music. Uh, wrong crowd. But, um, God is good when we listen to different music uh, instead of listening to him. God is good when we get stuck in our phone and our eyes are fixed on the wrong stuff. God is good even when you start to prioritize getting attention from other things. God is good when we don't know who we are. God is good despite our mindset, opinion, feelings, or actions. And there's this verse in Hebrews uh, 13, 8, if you want to flick there. Uh, it says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, and that's, just, that's the truth right there. He's the same, and he is good every single day. Um, if God is good, what he creates will be good, which means we are good, nature is good, animals good, his word is good, and it is true. I feel like that's just something so simple we can hold on to. Um, God is good. Beautiful. So good, Mia. Beautiful truth. Despite whatever we face, whatever we go through, God is good. There's a preacher in you, girl. Fee. We've got time for a couple more. I like your dress. I can't, I'm too, a bit too short for stools. That's all right, you don't have to. I'm too short for this stool, from experience. Um, I have a testimony of um, Jesus being a rock for me this year, and I've had stuff going on in my family that is quite upsetting. Um, and my go-to behaviour is anxiety and uh, my second go-to behaviour is because I'm a task focused person how can I fix it so the anxiety kicks in I get all OCD I don't sleep I get gut problems and all this sort of thing and it just goes on for a while before I can step in and do something about it because it's just the way it happens for me but I was praying, I was thinking, overthinking probably, and God spoke to me and said, the commandment I use most in the Bible is fear not. It's the thing I say the most to you, fear not. And I'm like, yeah, but... <laughs> um, and he said, 
be anxious for nothing because I say that too. It doesn't matter what's going on. Don't be afraid. Don't be anxious because I'm here. So it takes me a little while to work through that. My mind goes, yes, 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 I understand all that, but my heart is going, but this stuff is still going on. And it doesn't matter what age you are, there's still stuff going on. You don't ever have it all together. You don't ever have it all good or perfect or wonderful. There are times when things are crap. And that's when we have to stand on that rock. The second thing I do is try and fix it. Get in there, be the solution, be the answer. Do it all. I can't and I never will be able to. I can't fix the situations that happen. All I can do is bring the light of God into it. And so he's given me the strength this year to do that. And you all have too, because you're my family. So thank you. Beautiful, P. Thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, with vulnerability, and, and, I, and I, I take from that, um, you know, I, I'm really appreciative, Fee, that you feel that this is a safe place for you to be able to share that, and there's, there's something to be said of our community that when we can share um, and be open and vulnerable with how we are feeling and the anxieties and the fears, so I thank you for your vulnerability, Fee, in, in sharing that, and um, yeah, beautiful, thank you, and to everyone, that's, yeah, um, yeah, come up, Lorraine, um, I mean, that's a beautiful part of who we are, is, is um, being with each other in the midst of all of life's ups, downs and hardships and believing that he is the firm foundation. He is the rock on which we build. Um, Lorraine. Thank you. I, as I said before, my greatest pleasure is the, his word because it doesn't matter what crap's going on in your life and I haven't got suffering, but I've had some burdens over the last two years. But the highlight that God has been showing me is that no matter what, my grace is sufficient for thee. And it doesn't matter how down I might feel, doesn't matter how frustrated I might feel, I come back to the word and say, Lord, your grace is sufficient for me. And I love the fact that Ming's brought all those things from the word that she's learned. I love the fact that for Fee, God has been speaking into her heart through his word. And we can only do that when we allow the Holy Spirit to open our hearts and minds. And, you know, I'm really, when I get into that phrase of your grace is sufficient for me, I think about what it is God's providing in that grace for me and I am grateful for a husband who supports me who watches over me even as I care for my parents who steps in when he sees the situations getting on top of me I am grateful for people who pray for me Deborah I love you I pray I'm grateful for the friends he has surrounded me with who pray for me support me I have another girlfriend from another place who goes through the same situation, caring for her family, and we try to encourage one another, meet together, have coffee, and pray for one another. His grace is sufficient for us. We can only get that through his word and through the power of the Holy Spirit. 
I'm grateful for the worship team. They lead us into a deeper place with God. And have you noticed how many of the songs we sing are steeped in the word? And I'm grateful for that. Thank you. So great. Thank you, Lorraine. Yeah. Yeah. A deep commitment to the word. And we heard that. We heard that in our letters to Cynthia five years ago, um, that we're a community that is built on the foundation of God's word. Uh, the truth that we read in his word. And um, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And we try and do our best to preach the word of God. Um, sometimes we might get it wrong and you know, I ask for your forgiveness in that if I do. <laughs> but um, beautiful. Thank you. Let's, let's get, the good thing is we've got next week as well. So we're going to be doing a similar thing. So Paul, uh, do you want to jump up? I've got a couple of quick things just to mention. Firstly, another one, our grandson is quite amazing. Um, he was a, he's still around, he's not gone, but he's over in America right now. He was a chaplain in, um, in schools. Uh, he was a youth leader at Horizon and he just gave it all away. Um, he had a calling that he needed to go over to America and do more study and he's in Bethel College over there and he's uh, been communicating back and forth with us and just telling his whole life has changed even more. The passion for God that he's had has never left him but it's just grown and grown and grown. And the amazing thing that he's testifying to us is the miracles that are going on right in front of his eyes is unbelievable and he just loves it like you wouldn't believe it and he's always had that love but to just at 21 just to say that's it I'm walk, I'm walking away from here uh, sold his car gave his job away um, whatever money he had he raised money to get over there uh, he can't earn money over in America um, but he's surviving and um, he just told us that he's going to be doing a, on a mission uh, role going to Hawaii in February uh, through there as well and they're allowed to uh, go out and earn sort of support money to get themselves across there because no one helps them they have to do it by themselves and he's just so blessed with it um, and he loves it like you wouldn't believe but prior to that I um, I had a major issue with my knee um, for Oh, I don't know, nine months or more. Um, one of the worst things was that I couldn't drive a car. And that was really tough. Um, I was probably having a lot of heart attacks in that time while sitting in the passenger seat. <laughs> but my dear wife's a good driver. She tells me she's a great driver. Um, you know, but she got me there to A and B and everything else. But yeah, Queensland, Melbourne, everywhere we went, my God, I tell you, I had God on my side. Um, <laughs> but no, in all honesty, she's a good driver, but it's tough. <laughs> but um, my grandson said, you know, Pop, I've got to pray for you, you know, and things like that. And he prayed on me and, um, you know, and it did get better, not completely. And um, I had arrangements to see an orthopedic surgeon which I went to, and he said, yeah, you've got to have an operation. Um, you know, tell me when you want to book in and I'll do it. And I wasn't real happy about that. 
And, um, and I thought, no, nah, this is not the answer that I wanted to hear. So I did some more research and went to another orthopaedic surgeon. And um, he just, as soon as I went in there, he was an amazing guy. He was just like, you know, how you have doctors and you have doctors? Well, this guy, you could talk to him about anything. I never met him before in my life. And he was absolutely beautiful. Deb came along with cracking jokes, you know, and everything like that. And he said, okay, let's, I can see everything on the screen here, Paul. Yes, got all your results. Yeah, he said, um, you know what? I'm not going to do an operation. I said, oh, that's great. What are we going to do now? And he said, we'll do some more tests. And then I reckon I know what the problem is and we're going to fix it without operation. Well, to this day, I've never had the operation. My knee is perfect. And um, with my grandson praying over me and God beside me, I honestly believe that God's had a hand in this all the way. So never, ever think that God's not working in you. Might not be in your time, but in his time. And just on, what is today, Sunday? Two days ago, I was talking to my sister, which we're going to visit up in Worry, And she was just talking about God all day to me, which is something she has never, ever done before. So God's there for you no matter what. Just don't lose sight of it. Thanks. Beautiful. In my experience, and you've had a whole lot more of it than I have, uh, Paul, my experience is you don't get kids that drift into a passion for God by accident, um, that it's modelled to them. And uh, the way that you and Deb both pray and serve the Lord together and pray for us as a church community, um, I know is extended in your family as is evidence of it. Um, and so be blessed this morning that in your prayer and in your faithfulness and um, you know, raising kids comes with a whole bunch of uncertainty, uh, but your trust in the Lord and what you have sown into your kids is bearing fruit. Uh, and what a beautiful thing uh, that your faithfulness is now, it, it's, there's visible fruit in your family and in our church because of your faithfulness. So thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, very good, Deb. We'll finish with you. We'll finish with you, Deb. And... Um, yeah, no, it's all good. We'll finish, we'll finish with this one and uh, to be continued next week. I won't be here next week, so it's good that I finish. Um, talking about, you know, our grandson Jai, um, he, he's, he's loving it, living every day praising God. Who wouldn't love that? And he's growing so much. And, of course, they have to read books. And um, he sent two books over to us, one for Paul and one for me. I'm not real good at the name of books, but something about being in the presence. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm saving it to when I go away to read even more. But God moves in so, much, so many different ways. Um, I haven't told everyone, but for a, since May I've been looking after a gentleman in Ingerdine. He's, he's had a couple of strokes and I, I've taken him out for walks and coffee and things. And I thought, why aren't I going to see my friend, um, Olwyn, who's, uh, you know, she's 81, she's by herself, she lives in a granny flat at the back, doesn't see anyone. And um, I'm the only person she sees if I go to see her. And um, so I've been making sure that I go down there and I'll go over and pop over to see her, uh, take her some lunch. She doesn't eat much, you know, she's older people when they're sort of on their own, they sort of eat what they have to eat just to survive. And so I've been going over there and now I'm taking to the, to the doctors when she wants to go because she hasn't been able to drive. Because I was reading this book, 
it talks about the grace of God and the love of God. And, this, and the book tells you not just to have that yourself, but can I pass it, can I give it to the next person I meet? And um, I'm sitting there with Olwyn the other day and just, it just, it wasn't me it was talking because God just blessed her because she has so many issues that in her life, she has had a miserable life. I'm not going to tell you all about it, but, you know, abused husband, this, that, that, only son doesn't talk to her, you know. Um, it's really sad. So I'm her own contact in the day and the doctor. So that's it for the week. And God used that grace and that love to pass to her because she keeps on coming back up to the same hurts that she's got. And I just said, you've got the grace and the love of God with you right now and forever, always. She's a Christian. And she just, she said, but, and I said, there's no buts. And for about half an hour and I, after I left, I knew it was the presence of God wanted me to pass that on to her so she would have a, a, a more love and a more grace over her life than she's ever had. And also my daughter was struggling with a few things at home. And she says, oh, my daughter's been get, getting into, into my face. And, and I said, you know, God's got it, you know. You can pray over her room when she's not there. You can pray over her room when she's there. She's going to youth now because of Jai. And I just thought to myself, everywhere I'm going, God's opening up the doors for me to be able to talk to people. And there was a song on the radio the next day, and it says, um, uh, God help me. And I played that to my daughter, and she just broke into tears because she knows she loves God. She doesn't go to church. That's all right. I'm her church at the moment, you know, I think. But she prays all the time. And I think to myself, if you've got the grace and God of, in your life, just have that opportunity to open your mouth when you hear something that someone else needs it. Beautiful. Thank you, Deb. Such a powerful witness to being that beacon of hope in the community as we go. Um, to hear that God is moving through you beyond here, beyond Sunday, that's the point. Get out there and love people, and you do that so well, Deb, and yeah, the way you pray for us is just beautiful. So thank you for praying for your family. Um, well, let's um, have a real awkward wrap-up just now, like as in, let's just finish church um, and, and, be, and be done just here. Um, but but be, um, be encouraged that next week um, we'll give some more time to sharing the testimony of, of what God's doing um, because he is moving and we have so much to look forward to and anticipate in what God is saying, uh, where he is leading us, who he is calling us to be. Um, and we're using this as an opportunity for us to help navigate where the Lord is taking us next um, in all of these stories and all of these testimonies and all that we share. It's, uh, they're, they're pieces in the puzzle coming together to go, Lord, take us there, take us to this place. Um, and so be blessed as you go this week. Um, be the hands and feet of Jesus. Love well. Um, love his word. Love people. Worship him as you go and get out of here and go and have a cup of coffee and get your kids out of kids' church if they're in there. Um, thank you, everybody. Have a great week and we'll see you again next Sunday.